Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is the <laughs> you need to know from AgVisor Pro. I'm Jason. And I'm Kyle. And we got a question again that's come off the app. And I think you've got that right in front of you, don't you, Kyle? I do have that right in front of me. I try to screenshot these once in a while, and this is one I remembered to screenshot. And I don't remember if I answered it or not, to be honest, but it's one that we get often. And you know what? We both come from a business when we were agronomists that worked a lot in adjuvants. And so this is an adjuvant-related question, and we have some background in this. So this is going to be good. So the question is, what's everyone's favorite water treatment products? Anything besides AMS, not necessarily as a replacement to AMS, that is. So someone's looking at what are all the products I can use to replace AMS? The question's a little vague. And so I know we kind of rag on vagueness sometimes because what's the water conditioner for? Water conditioner is for more than just one product, right? Yeah. I'm assuming this is for glyphosate question Mm -hmm. because of the, just the, the, the ask of it for, if you're, if you're asking a question 95% of the time, you're probably looking at a glyphosate application, which is fine. That's, let's answer the question. <laughs> right. And I'm just going to add in too, there are other water conditioning applications. Now in Canada, this is probably not going to happen because you have a different formulation of Liberty or glufosinate than we do in the, in the States. In the States, we add AMS period and a lot of it. And I know you guys in Canada don't do that at all. But that's another glufosinate, another weak acid, and another one that a lot of people I don't think don't realize is clethodim is another weak acid that can benefit. And if you actually look on the label, now most of the time people use an oil adjuvant, not a water conditioner, but AMS is on the label. So you got to think on that one too. So there are more products, but like Jason was saying, 90 plus percent of the time, it's going to be glyphosate. That's, that's, how, I, that's how I interpret it. I, I don't think I Same. answered this one. Either because it was just kind of vague and I didn't know how much detail I wanted to get into it. So we're going to get in that detail right now. Because this is the you need to know and we're going to lay it on you. Absolutely. So AMS, uh, I think for the most part, uh, people will look at dry bags. Here we deal a lot with 51-pound bags. And if you have a system that's set up to handle that, that's still probably the most accepted uh, form of a water conditioner. Uh, and then you get into many different combinations. There's also liquid AMS. And some people prefer that just because logistics handling um, those type of things, it is more expensive. But I think people have that pretty much cut and dry. They're looking for something else that is a lower use rate or a replacement to AMS, which I think that's the the direction this question is going. Yeah. And that leads into this question. So this, this individual asked anything but AMS. So I think this person's heard the blah, blah, blah. Yes, yes, yes. AMS is great. I don't care. There's got to be something better out there. And, and, and this person didn't say it needed to be a lower use rate or a replacer. Just there's got to be something better out there. So let's explore what are the water conditioning adjuvants that exist out there outside of AMS? I mean, reality are there are three categories, AMS being one of them, that fit in that water conditioner adjuvant category. So there's two that we haven't talked about. Yeah. And one of them is uh, you, you generally run across this one a lot in your glyphosate applications. It's probably become very popular in the last eight to 10 years. 
And those are your lower use rate water conditioning agents that are using AMADs. And if you look on a label, uh, some of these pro- probably brand name wise, the product that was the, the lead and everyone has followed along was Hellfire, which is a pretty cool name, actually. Yeah, yeah it is a pretty cool name. <laughs> and so, so AMADs are, if you look up something and it's going to say monocarbamide, dihydrogen sulfide, or you see sulfamates or anything along those lines, uh, those are products that contain a extremely, extremely low pH containing. It's, it's basically urea and sulfuric acid. And yeah. uh, they're used at, a, at lower rates, generally probably one to two quarts a hundred. And I'll say that. Yeah, you say that one more time. I'll say sulfuric acid one more time. <laughs> <laughs> now they're very, they're very, fa- what is glyphosate like? Glyphosate likes a low water solution. So this is going to bring down the pH in that tank with glyphosate quite a bit. And that sulfuric acid urea base is going to convert in water to an AMS type of solution. So I'm not disputing. We, Our background, we didn't really mingle in these adjuvants that much, but they're extremely popular. The, the issue that you have to remember is that a lot of times now, we're not spraying glyphosate by itself. It's with something else. And when that pH comes down, I will tell you what, if you mix this stuff with anything that's a group two herbicide and glyphosate, you're doing a Panaflex or a whatever burn down, you will know that that pH in your tank is a lot different. It's a lot lower and it's going to affect the solubility of those other products. So it's just something something to pay attention to. Yeah. And, the, and there are more products too, as it comes to that uh, your group twos, your ALS chemistries are one. But then your group 27, your HPPD inhibitors, also drastically affected from solubility. Another one that's also affected from solubility is uh, not your growth regulators, but um, the Diflenzapure. I'm saying that right? That was a mouthful too. But your yeah. group 19 mode of action chemistry that is commonly found in the U.S. as status or... I'm trying to think, uh, overdrive in the uh, range and pasture and distinct that are there. So solubility is a big deal and tank mixing is a big deal. So to kind of just reiterate what Jason was saying again, is that these AMAD adjuvants, sulfuric acid, it drops the pH to the floor. That's a great thing. So it's a double whammy of sorts. It drops the pH so low, like these products drop the pH lower than any other product out there. They're extremely effective at that, and they're very good. And the idea behind that is glyphosate likes acid water. Glyphosate becomes extremely soluble and readily mixed in acid water. So you can take a product like that and drop the pH to two, three, no issues. And then then the rest of that, like, you know, turns into kind of a sulfate uh, type product, which it can sequester calcium, iron, magnesium, and I feel like I'm missing another one in there. But anyways... Hardwater cations that are not only on the spray droplet, so it could be what's on the leaves of plants, but what's in the water itself. So they do a lot. But how often are you just spraying glyphosate by itself these days? So that's what you have to ask. If you're in a glyphosate-only application, that's great. Or you know your tank mix, these can be extremely effective. Yeah. Another thing to watch out is that uh, people get into habits, and if you're using these products and it becomes your adjuvant of choice with glyphosate... And then you get into some of these combinations. Uh, 
you have to be very careful with some of the group 14s. Reflex Flexstar does not like a glyphosate Flexstar and those adjuvants in the tank. You can make cottage cheese very quickly. So pay attention to some of those products. Those ones will let you know that the solubility matters. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah, it's, it's very, very not fun, but very quick chemistry lesson. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So powerful class. And and if used at rates that are 1% per volume, probably can beat out any class of that water conditioning adjuvant category. So keep that in mind. They come at a yep. cost. That's that's the issue. So that's that's one category. AMS we've talked about or everyone knows about. That's a second category. But a third category are, we'll just call it your replacers. I don't know if it's got an official category other than that. And there will be things like sequestering agents, uh, citric acids being one of those, probably the most popular of those. And then just non-ionic surfactants being being the other one. And they're just that. They're attempting to be replacers. So you, you take something like citric acid is a relatively inexpensive material to get a hold of. Not inexpensive like AMS is, but inexpensive. And, and they're powerful at what they do. They can also sequester cations. The, the trouble being is a lot of those products are either cut with AMS, like we've seen combination products like that. And if they're by themselves, they're sold at a rate that's oh, usually a half of a percent per volume. Yep. So the use rate, I would like to see those products again at a one full percent per volume to start to see more activity to do the sequestering and all that. But it just, just our experience in the past, we've always leaned back towards ammonium sulfate just because that's what works. But the surfactant thing, that's a, a I'm going to fill in some here because I think that's an important thing, especially on a year that's dry. So this year, probably not that big of a deal. Last year, that was kind of a big deal. So how many, have, how many have heard that glyphosate's loaded? What does it mean? What does it mean that glyphosate's loaded? Well, what does it mean, Jason? Well, that's a good question because it's, uh, I think in everybody, if anybody's been in the business a long time, we've gone from no load to partial load to questioning the load to full load. <laughs> you know, you know, cause some of it, you don't to question well, you, the load. <laughs> well, you I love it. <laughs> you don't know because they don't where it's made. You don't know if it's, you got a quart per hundred, two quarts per hundred, a pint per hundred, if it's whatever. And the, and the load being non-ionic surfactant yeah. or yeah. surfactant. Yep. Yeah. The trend is, is that we've gone from four pound IPAs to five and six pound more loaded material. Now, when you do that, you also understand that your, your concentration of the active ingredient goes up. And in most cases, your surfactant load has come down. Right. You know, those, those, those four pounds, <clears throat> you would add additional because that's the way the label was. And some of these newer ones is like, well, you don't need to do that. And people found out mm, in the case of lamb's quarter or kosher, yeah, you still should because there wasn't enough in there. Well, here's the thing that's happened over time. So, you know, just to kind of finish Jason's comment on that, uh, you know, you've had these loaded glyphosates and we've questioned these things over time. Well, a gallon of solution can only hold so much stuff. So if they built a four pound acid equivalent glyphosate that had a full load of surfactant in it, and that was proven to work. And now we're up to six pound glyphosate. That means that something had to leave 
that gallon of you know formulated chemistry. Well, likely that's the loaded part. That's the surfactant that's leaving. So there's less surfactant. Now, if you go back to uh, NDSU weed science, like we're talking back in the day, weed science where you had uh, Nalawaya as the weed scientist for the state extension. There's there's actually some really good work out there to show the importance of surfactant in glyphosate. And it's actually uh, two things that two studies that Rich Zollinger brought up in a webinar this last fall or last winter. It was really good. So compared a Prosper or Fargo, North Dakota, we uh, just a glyphosate trial and all they were looking at were different surfactants. And then they had one in Williston, North Dakota, the same exact trial, all those same surfactants. So Williston being the Montana border, Fargo being the Minnesota border. So you think there's a difference in climate and humidity, right? So just a preview on what those results look like. We're in Fargo. It didn't matter the treatment. Uh, you know, the untreated glyphosate maybe was at like 80 some percent control and all the surfactants maybe gave it closer to like mid nineties, but there was no differentiation. And I, and I might be exaggerating that gap too. I think it was closer to the untreated. It was just, everything worked. You go to Williston, North Dakota, where it has a drier environment, all of a sudden everything over, it was like a 50 or 60% control of glyphosate without any surfactant. And then it jumped it up to like 80 with surfactants. And there were differences in surfactants. And so the drier weather matters and not every surfactant is made equally. And that's the really frustrating part is that there's not a lot of regulatory in there to say what makes a good surfactant and what doesn't. It's uh that's kind of the secret sauce when it comes to the. Don't get me makers. started on that. It, it <laughs> drives me nuts. Some of this marketing that comes out with some of these products. Oh, well, I know. First one is just immediate red flag is we make water wetter. Just drives me nuts. <laughs> I can't stand that. And then it goes through a listing of a whole bunch of different things. And then it'll go dot, 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 dot. Active ingredient, 100%. Really? And it, it's a lot of price point too, but that's that's a whole different episode. <laughs> yeah, that that that's a that's a whole different thing. So so, anyways, water conditioning categories, at least the main ones that we go by, AMS, your replacers, so citric acids and and non-ionic surfactants, and then your acidifying like AMADS class. So those are your three main ones. But you know, uh, there's a dominant amount of Canadian listeners here, so. We should add a fourth class, and I don't know if it fits in any of these three, but what is that fourth class? Well, it's got some questions that came in about uh, liquid urea or nitrogen as a source, 28% or something like that. And uh, just trying to find a different, maybe it's a cost point, uh, that type of thing as to how that plays out. My here's, I'll just give you my experience and my bias. I'm, I am an AMS person. I have done trials, hand boom. And uh, I've sprayed straight 28% over crop and weeds. And there is nothing that kills stuff faster than liquid nitrogen on plants. I mean, you start spraying it on a warm day. And if you, you're running 60 feet, you're spraying by the time you get done, you've already got activity. It's faster than Paraquat. It's not as complete. So when you're putting a lot of, my experience, a lot of nitrogen in with glyphosate, you are not really speeding glyphosate up. You are just destroying leaf tissue with that salt-based fertilizer. Right. That's that's that's, that's what a- I've that's what I've seen. So I don't I don't generally recommend too much as far as oh we're going to run you know two quarts per acre of you know and I know there's people that weed and feed but 
when it's it's the carrier, I'm I'm that's too much. I stay with Here's the caveat to that in my opinion. So could you dial down the amount of liquid nitrogen to just match how much glyphosate you have in the tank so you can have a pairing there so you can get as good absorption of glyphosate and reduce the burn? You probably could because the idea behind putting nitrogen in the tank is this, is that the nitrogen is particularly the ammonium part. So the cationic part of the nitrogen source is actually going to attach to the weak acid, the glyphosate. Those polar opposites are going to attach to each other. And guess what plants have a lot of mechanisms to pull through their leaves. They want nitrogen, right? So if you have a nitrogen attached to a glyphosate, guess what? You're going to have faster absorption. I think that's the basis behind the liquid urea thing. Mm-hmm. So so that's that's why it's, there's an adjuvant as nitrogen source, but you're missing a huge component of that. If you're using well water, one, because that's hard water that's going to have iron, calcium, magnesium, uh, potassium. It's going to have all that in it. But then also, how many times do you spray it and that kosher plant has got a bunch of dust in the hairs on the leaf or that that lamb's quarter plant that's got all those crystals up at the growing point. I mean, all those things are tying up glyphosate. All that stuff ties up glyphosate. So if you're just using a nitrogen source only, that's actually not sequestering all that hard cation stuff if it's dirt and dust or the hard water. So that's what AMS is doing. AMS is a twofold thing. That's a nitrogen source that would help the glyphosate be absorbed. But it's also that sulfate is actually what's attaching itself to calcium, magnesium, iron. That's what's keeping that stuff from tying up the glyphosate. So that's the double whammy. That's why the AMS is a kind of a twofold deal. That's why that's the tried and true way to go at it. And actually, just one ending note on this is if you're in North Dakota or you use the North Dakota Weed Guide, there's a nice little blurb on this. It's on page 82 of the 2022 NDSU Weed Guide, and it's section 10. It talks about adding AMS to glyphosate and what it does. And there's just, there's a lot of good things in there, and it refers to what I just talked about. But there's one good last quote on here. And if you're trying to decide between a liquid or dry AMS, is always allow granular AMS to dissolve before application or use a liquid formulation. That's a direct quote out of there. And that's because granular AMS takes time to actually dissolve into water and do what it needs to do. Liquid's immediately ready. But we can discuss the rest of that at a, at a later time. But remember that page 82, section 10, it covers a great deal on why AMS is important. And it also talks about the other adjuvants and water conditioning agents that you probably have a lot of questions about. So lots of good stuff in there. Absolutely. And I think uh, that is a good heaping level of the that you need to know this week. <laughs> don't put that in your sprayer. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't make a- that in your don't make that in your sprayer. <laughs> well, have a good one, folks. We'll see ya.